Hi, I'm Susan Ruth. I am a podcaster of the Hey Human podcast, an abstract painter, a songwriter, a short film screenwriter, and a performing artist. And we are going to discuss interesting, crazy things about the human condition, the creativity of following the muse, why we're all racist, what it's like to converse with a KKK member, all sorts of interesting, wild and wacky things. So stay tuned. Welcome to another delicious episode of Curiosity Bites, the most binge-worthy podcast on the internet. If you'd like to join in the conversation about today's show or any of our past shows, simply go over to Curiosity Bites page on Facebook. You'll find us there. You can also chat about us on Instagram or anywhere you want. We love it when you do that. I'm your host, Dove Barron. If you're curious to know more about me and what it is that I do to serve the highest performing individuals like yourself, you can find out more at DoveBarron.com. That's D-O-V. B-A-R-O-N.com. Are you curious to know what happens when you mix, I don't know, Monty Python, Faulty Towers, Reba McIntyre, Picasso, and the third generation grandniece of a famous American symbolist? Hmm. Well, you're about to find out because that's our guest today. We're going down the rabbit hole for another delicious series of episodes of Curiosity Bites. So grab a beverage. I got mine. You got yours? Find a cozy corner because our guest today is Susan Ruth. She is a curious creative whose creativity takes many forms. She's a visual artist, a podcaster, a successful screenwriter, professional songwriter with cuts that have gone out from US to Sweden. She's a graduate of the Second City Conservatory Sketch Comedy Writer. The list of her awards, well, it's pretty exhaustive, including the USA Songwriting Competition finalist, female vocalist of the year, and a rock slash pop uh, album of the year. Susan songs have been featured in motion pictures, including Life on the Line and Afterlife. And in 2018, she won the Valerie J. Hoffman Award for her podcast, Hey Human. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and help me to welcome Susan Ruth. you made it <laughs> i love it it's 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 vast my imagination can see it all <laughs> fabulous so rather than me you know rather than me reading this exhaustive list tell us a little bit about you know there's gonna be lots of people here who don't really don't know who i am let alone you so for people who don't know who you are, tell them a little bit about who you are in a sort of broad sense, and then we're going to go down the rabbit hole in all kinds of different directions. Sure, sure. Uh, I was born in Seattle. <laughs> we traveled around a lot for my parents' careers and then settled back in Seattle. Uh, I went to Nashville, Tennessee. I, I started life as a performing artist and then moved to Nashville to start writing songs for other people. And... After 13 years, I started feeling that feeling that I needed to expand myself. I had developed the podcast and that was turning into a, a nice success and I was, I'm loving it. And I wanted to start writing screenplay and acting and things like that. So LA is the place you gotta be. Right. <laughs> so I packed it all up and, and moved to Los Angeles and it's been fantastic. I would put quotes around successful screenwriter. I've sold two short films so yeah, far, which is well, great, but it's, it's certainly on the way. 
<laughs> it's, it's, uh, I, let me put it this way it's a lot more successful than i am in screenwriting <laughs> yeah i had very good beginner's luck there and hopefully it'll it'll continue and you know i do believe my my dad always uh said that my uncle said opportunity knocks it doesn't nag so as long as i keep showing up and i sure. do the work you know so you you know like you said you 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 were born in seattle you moved to nashville you end up in la um, and you've got all this interesting twists around creativity. So, so yeah. let's let's start there. You said you moved a lot because you because of your parents' careers. Were they were they performers? Were they creatives? What were they? No, Dad is a nuclear physicist, environmental engineer, embryologist, and Mom is an uh, archaeologist. And so we lived in Cambridge. Uh, we lived in Greece. We, we you know went to Scotland. We went to Ireland. We, you know we were all over the place. And uh, I loved that. I have really lovely mes um, memories of childhood from those experiences of meeting different kinds of people and, and looking at different. I, I remember really clearly being quite small and walking through being in Scotland and walking through a very foggy on, on these cliffs and there were these little dogs running around it's weird how your memory does that it just picks mm -hmm. little scenes yeah, from your life snippets. yeah so when you I mean so tell us what it was like because I'm sure there's people listening who are thinking that background you know your dad nuclear physicist embryologist your mom archaeologist those are very academic careers and mm. here you are a wacky doodles creator. I know Right. So my, my mother is a is an excellent artist. She's the kind that if she looks at something, she can recreate it. That's wow. not the kind of art I do. I'm a, I'm an abstractist. So uh, it, it, it has familiarity shapes in it, but it's not what I'm going for. Um, and my father is a poet at heart and a writer. He's been retired and he's been writing these fantastic books about a female pirate named Margaret. And he's on book six, I think. And he just oh, wow. publishes them and they're fantastic. I was nervous to read the first one. I thought, oh God, what if it sucks? But it was really great. And it's, it's I'm so proud of him. It was, it's really lovely. So they have a good mixture growing up uh, around the dinner table. I'm, I'm the oopsie baby. So I was the accident. And my brothers are much older than I am. And uh, we would sit around the dinner table and the television wasn't on or anything like that and we would talk about things we would talk about mythology or science or cool things we learned in school you know it was a very engaging uh experience and my dad he had a game that he would play with us that was he would give us a word at dinner and then by the time we got home for dinner the next day after school and stuff we had to know what that word meant and be able to use it in a sentence things like that. It was just fun. You know, you want to impress your parents. So, but it, it's the, you know, it's interesting to me because, you know, parents who feel, you know, my wife and I used to teach a program on conscious parenting and parents who think they're engaging, they're like, how was your day at school today, dear? You know, but there's, it's, you know, it's very much, I'm in charge. Um, you, you know, I'm going to tell you as opposed to being curious about their kids. I mean, obviously, you know the name of this show, but, you know, like, you know, here's a word. Why don't you go find out what it is and come back and tell me what it is and use it in a sentence and all that. I mean, you know, as you said, kids naturally want to impress parents. And yeah. parents, 
oftentimes they're just ignoring their bloody kids and that's a real challenge. So I, I love that they did that with you. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did something similar with my boys um, uh, in their early teens and it was just wonderful to, to have them go away. And my, my youngest son, who was a bit of a comedian, you know, he comes back and he uses them in really bizarre ways that are <laughs> usually pretty funny and usually, you know, some kind of dig at me, right? So, of course, of uh, course. He finds a way to somehow turn it into a slide at me, which I think is hysterical. Yeah. If you don't have a sense of humor about yourself, you can't laugh, right? Absolutely. So, and I think that it really, I love the sciences as well. If I were to do my career all over again, I think uh, ner neuroscience would be the thing. I love right. learning about the brain. I, I remember the best birthday present my dad ever gave me. I was 11 and he gave me a microscope. And then we trotched out to the woods and, and looked at bugs and got pond scum and things like that. And it was super fun. Yeah. You know, so it's interesting because you, like I said, you are this high creative. You come from an academic family. Are you, what about your siblings? You said two brothers, right? Yeah, I have. Uh, Jeremy is uh, been in the same uh, company for his basically his whole career. And he started out in the graphic design department. And now he I like to say that he's the interpreter between the people that speak robot and the people that don't speak robot. Right, so right. he runs a team of people and they they do roboty things but but he has to report let, let back me, to the I'm just going to google search that roboty things you know 00101001 you know right. so <laughs> and then uh the brother uh, above him uh he actually had an aneurysm he was a he did a lot of drugs and things like that he was uh he didn't really grow up with me at 15. He left home to, because my grandparents let him do whatever he wanted. And that was a, yeah, a lot more fun. It didn't than work out so well. Yeah. yeah. So, and then he, so he suffered with addictions for many, many, many years. And then he finally, he had a massive aneurysm and blew out his frontal lobe. And uh, he lost about, he's, he's incredibly bright. He taught himself to read and write at two, you know, he was, he was very bright and he lost probably a good pile of IQ points, but it really mellowed him out and made him a pretty nice guy. He was a bit on, and if he's listening, I would say this to his face. He was insufferable to a lot of people right, uh, right. before the accident. And then it really, he was in a coma. And I said to my dad, I was like, what if he comes out of this? And he's like a nice guy. And yeah. I'll be damned. He came out of it. He takes my mom to the movies. He goes to lunch with my parents. You know, he's, he got married. He fell in love. He got married. It was wild. So. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, the, the, one of the things that I speak a lot about is the, the power of a fall, you know, yeah. it, it's there in, in mythology. It's there in uh, Jungian myth. It's there in historical stories you know, for me, I fell off a mountain, fell, you know, 12 stories. And people say, you know, um, did that change your life? And the answer is no, it did not change my life. It embedded me in my ego. I became, when I fell, I became more committed to, yeah, this is who I am. And then it's the, there's a point later when I realized this is horrible and what the hell am I doing? Mm -hmm. And you're confronted with yourself and you have to look at that. And, um, you know, it's one thing to be doing drugs and realize this is a stupid thing to do. And I'm really 
likely to kill myself. It's another thing to have an even have an aneurysm. And then it's a whole other thing to realize, yeah, that doesn't work. I'm not good on that. And I think that those points happen for all of us. Do you remember at one of those turning points in your own life where you were oh. down a path and you suddenly something slapped you upside the head and went, what the hell are you doing? Oh, for sure. I think that's happened a handful of times in my life, but I fell off a mountain once too, by the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I felt like somebody flipped me around and shoved. It was, a, it was a very, I was very young and, but that's another thing. Um, yeah, I was on a trajectory as an artist. I had put out my third record. Uh, A&R magazines were, you know, saying clear the wall for the platinum records. This woman is, or this girl, because I was young, mm-hmm. on the rise, all this stuff. And then on the project, um, and I've talked about this on other shows, uh, that somebody on the project took the money and absconded and and ran away so all the money that we had for um promotion and you understand that that costs a lot of money Mm -hmm. i was dead in the water and i fell into a very dark place and i thought okay if i was put on the planet to be this artist and perform and be on stage or something like it it's amazing you know i've written all these songs and i have this band and and then just on a dime and this was before, you know, people had TikToks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we really did it on our own, you know, and without that money, we couldn't tour. And that was the basis of how you got known yeah, back yeah, in the day. And um, boy, I really rocked my world. And I thought, okay, I guess that's not who I am. It, it challenged everything that I had thought about myself. And what my purpose, what I thought my purpose was. Right. And it wasn't until years later <laughs> that I was with a friend in Nashville at the independent movie theater. And we had come out of the Amy Winehouse documentary mm-hmm. and I was sobbing. And my friend was like, what is your problem? Like, it was sad, but you are in practically in hysterics. And it was in that moment, I realized that all the stuff that I still had to work on, on me, And I don't think I would have maybe survived what I was on the trajectory for. And watching that film, it was this huge aha moment that, oh, I think I know, you know, the old saying, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans or tell her your plans. It was like that is, is like, you think, you know, exactly the way your life is supposed to go and throws you this curveball, and it may be a decade later that you go, Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I wouldn't have survived that. And I have so much work to do. I hadn't painted yet. I, you know, when all that stuff happened and, and I, and my career, my personal career stopped on a dime. I had never thought about writing songs for other people. I had never painted. I certainly didn't know the podcast. I didn't think about doing any of these other things. And so, yeah. That was a major, a major thing. And when, when it back and when it happened, I, like I said, I was in a really dark place. And one of my friends called me and said, basically get off your ass and stop feeling sorry for yourself. It's not all about you kind of thing. And I was like, but, ah! and she suggested I start writing in Nashville for people. And I did. And that changed, changed my life. It's fascinating to me because, um, as you know, um, 
Victor and Joseph Wooten were both on this uh, on this podcast, and Victor and I were talking about because Victor was on tour when he was five with Curtis Mayfield. I mean, you know, you're yeah. way too young to know the music for Curtis Mayfield, but Curtis Mayfield was a god. No, but yeah. I'm saying, you know, as in, you know, I used to buy his records, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and Curtis was amazing. I'm the pusher man, you know, I just love yeah. that song and. Uh, and he's five years old on tour playing bass with, with Curtis Mayfield. And he's introduced to the family, like, because there's five five boys. And they're introduced to um, very famous people. They're on tour with very famous people. And, and they get an opportunity to meet an agent, um, who um, like a big recording agent, and uh, who is crazy about them. And and puts them forward, and they're like, "No, we've already got a all boys black band. It's called the Jacksons, right? Which is Michael Jackson and his brothers." And he said, "You know." And we were talking about Michael Jackson on that show, and one of the things we talked about was, you know, when you look at the road that Michael went down and what happened, and it's not him, of course. We're just using him as an example. Sure, but how often people are not prepared they have no there's no way to prepare yourself for what is going to come at you at the level of fame you know i'm always saying to people i know some famous people quite well you know and i go you don't have the right to get pissed off about the paparazzi you don't have the right to get pissed off about people intruding your publicity that's the price you've paid and it's okay to be upset about it, but not upset with the public because they're just doing what they're doing. You live in a society that adulates yeah. the yeah. famous, the celebrity worship. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So you kind of know that. And that's the price of your creativity. You know, it's the price of putting that forward. And, and, and um, Joseph said, you know, we had four or five of those, like they met Diana Ross, they met people like that. It's four or five of those moments where it was like, oh, my God, we're going to burst onto the scene. And they didn't. And he said, you know, of course, he's a a multi-Grammy award-winning artist now. But he said, you know, I'm not sure if we'd have made it as humans. You know, so getting to that moment for you of realizing, I don't know if I'd have made it. Because, you know, you look at Amy Winehouse. The talent is insane of that woman. Oh my 27 god. 27 years old, she's gone because she's a heroin addict. Yeah. And the people what that were around her and her own demons. I mean, I my parents are very bright, but my mother has mental illness issues. And growing Ooh. up in that uh was very difficult and created all sorts of things in my brain. And uh if I, I like Amy, I think I probably would have not been able to handle the pressure of everyone looking. Yeah. Then I'm I'm a much fully realized person now, you know, and I have to tell you that in that moment, walking out of the movie, aching for the sadness that Amy Winehouse is no longer with us and what a massive talent to be stolen away Mm -hmm. for such a terrible reason. But feeling in that moment so loved it's hard to explain I felt so it chokes me up now so cared for and loved in that moment like we know whoever we are whatever you believe outside of yourself there is a knowing to the universe Mm -hmm. and it was with me in that moment saying yeah we had you the whole time you know 
that's that's interesting because that sense of we had you the whole time you know i've talked about the fall and i say that if people if so if something terrible happens to you and somebody comes up to you and goes you know this is for the good and things are going to work out i said you know if you go up and you do that to somebody and they punch you in the throat (laughs) i expect that because you're a dick because it is true it's just not true in that moment if somebody comes up to me and says this is going to be a blessing when i fell i'd have punched him in the throat it's a terrible thing to say to somebody right and would have been terrible thing to say to you when the person ran off with all your money but it becomes that it becomes that moment of realizing you know we got your whatever we is you know it has your back and you had a similar experience you and i were talking about this in a previous conversation you had a similar experience that put you on the path to your podcast. Tell us yeah. a little bit about that and what was going on and for you. Yeah, well, you know, here in the U.S. of A., we have a little bit of an issue with gun violence. Really? And yeah, I know it, it hasn't really gotten out yet. We're trying to keep it quiet, but, okay, good. you know, you might start to hear about it more. Um, anyway, uh, there was the San Bernardino shooting and the Pulse shooting, and they weren't too far apart from each other. Right. And after the Pulse shooting, I was in Nashville and I'm I'm hearing about it as I'm driving to the grocery store. And I'm I've again, I'm I'm an emotional gal and then I'm empath, you know, I have an empath to the world, as anybody would in such a horrific happening. Yeah, absolutely. And and I was sobbing and I called my dad as I often do when I'm you know stressed out he's such a night he's a touchstone for me and i i was giving up hope that humanity had a chance um i thought who are we and that we look at our fellow humans and that's our answer and it was it was a devastating moment and he calmed me down as he does and he said you know you have to look for the hope in the world that there is good and that there's much more good, but, you know, the sensationalism of, of tragedy, it's what, you know, pays the bills. If it bleeds, it leads. That's right. So, which he says a lot of times. Uh, so I clean myself up. I'm in the Kroger parking lot and near my house. And I walk inside the grocery store and near, almost immediately um, this man I passed this man, a black guy, and he he's older. He's probably, I don't know, 70-ish or something. And as we pass, he says, hello, sister. And the way he said sister, I was like, hello, you know, trying not to cry because it was it was so beautiful. It was just mm. this beautiful moment. Inclusive moment. Yeah. And so I go and I do my little bits of shopping for the meal for the night. And I get in line and he's, you know, in line and I get behind him because he was so nice, you know, and we start chatting as people do. And it was a banal conversation about what we were making for dinner. And I had a yam on the conveyor belt. And he's like, oh, you like yams? I love yams. I'm like, oh, I love yams. And so we talked about that. And it was just, it was, I know it sounds insane, but it was so connecting over a tuber that- these two people that are probably had completely different upbringing and, and all that. And so he paid for his thing and he said, have, you know, have a good night, sister. And I said, you know, bye. And, and I turned around and behind me was a family. It was a dad and two children. 
and this quite small girl and the dad and the other kid was oh he's he, they were speaking spanish he's like oh i forgot batteries and he ran with the other child leaving the little one and i kind of i you know i turned and i looked at her she did this you know fat face cute smile just big eyes angelic face and she smiled at me and i smiled at her and i paid for my things and and dad and the other guy and the other child came up and you know they're reunited and I'm walking and I turn back to look at her and she's not engaging with her dad she's just looking at me and smiling and I got into my car and I firstly I said thank you because I felt like that was a huge message to me and then I just started bawling again. But this time I was crying about the beauty of the world. That, that reminder of those two experiences in, in the store. And that I was aware enough to notice them too, you know, and receive that, that message or whatever. I mean, I, I would say I'm woo-woo and I believe that all things are connected. But my God, if that, if that wasn't a message from the biggest thing there is, love. I don't know what is. And I drove home and it's like, okay, I'm going to make, I'm going to make the difference. I'm going to be the difference. And I started Hey Human podcast and made a commitment to myself that I was going to talk to people from all walks of life about all things, whether I agreed with them or not, and figure out where we connect in humanity. I love that. So, I mean, again, it's that piece around feeling like it something has your back yeah uh, and and i think that you know i i talk a lot about the numb zone that most people most of us are living in the numb zone it's the reason that shock politics works and shock policy works um we're walking around the numb zone and if you're on a scale of one to ten most people are walking around between five and seven and um and something comes out of left field, knocks you on your ass, and then you go, oh, you know, life sucks. But it's, but once you have expanded that consciousness, and let's say you're at a three or a two, at the bottom end feeling like shit, now you're also expanded to a seven or an eight and a nine. So you can expand a greater level of joy. But it is the, it is the the opening to the sadness and the pain that has given you the openness to the joy and the, the exuberance and the grief, uh, the, the grief gives you gratitude. It, you know, they yeah. feed each other. And so both of those cases for you have done that moment. And it's, you know, and, and people can say, listen to this and go, okay, you no, know, now I can tell my mom or my sister, please don't do that. Because <laughs> again, you might get a punch in the throat. <laughs> Just understand if you show up as loving, if it's happening in your own life, but if you show up as loving for them or for yourself and, and go, I don't know what this means, but I do know it. And this is my words. It's here to wake you up from something and wake you up to something. So from something you've been doing to something you need to do or be from something you've been to something you need to be. And that moment is really the great awakening and most of us cling to the history and say well i'll just go back and be the way i was and it'll be all right mm -hmm. it's never going to work yeah so are, we're gonna we're gonna finish the this this section of the show here and we're going to come back for part two in a minute um before we do susan so thank you for being here with us um 
please let you know i'm gonna to want to make sure that people know you know they're listening in how to find out more about you you've got all these wonderful projects please tell people where they can find out more about you and then we'll take a break for part one and we'll come back in part two yeah thank you uh susan ruth s-u-s-a-n-r-u-t-h susanruth.com uh heyhumanpodcast.com and uh, I'm all over social media, mostly under Susan Ruthism, which is S-U-S-A-N-R-U-T-H-I-S-M. Wonderful. You can find those. We'll make sure that uh, those links are posted in the show notes. You can find them on your wherever it is you listen to the podcast. And if you do uh, have a place that you regularly listen to the podcast, you know, we need from you, we need your help, please. We need you to rate, review, subscribe to the show, share the show with everybody you know. And if you want to write to us on one of the platforms, on one of the uh, DM me on one of the big social media platforms, tell us where you're listening in from and tell us what's been your favorite episode and what was it about it. We love hearing from you. And you, who knows if we uh, hear from you and you actually have a name, if you, even if you have a handle, it's a weird handle, you put your name in there. Maybe I'll give you a shout out on the live show. All right. Thank you for joining us. And we'll be back in one click so stay curious my friends stay curious for our next part two of our delicious conversation with let's just say multi-creative susan ruth stay curious my friends see you in one click